Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 27, Kids and Caverns. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. It is Tuesday. It is five o'clock. That means it's time to hit the happy hour at the Old Timer Tavern. I am one of the two hosts, Rob, aka Lantern Noir, and I am quietly imbibing an Iron Fish Distillery Maple Whiskey. And uh, joining me is Graybeard of Graybeard Tavern, and I've got Coke Zero and Bourbon, my usual. We are old. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's just the way that works. We're well seasoned. I, We're I, like like a good whiskey. Have you seen the memes where they yeah. have they have all the various game controllers and they say pick the one that was your first and you're looking for that joystick <laughs> with the one button on it and you're like mine's not even on here. <laughs> the teeny little Atari get get ground to pieces after a while. Yeah, well, really, it was five buttons. Mm-hmm. It was the up button, down button, left and right, and then the actual trigger button. You could take it apart and just push the buttons <laughs> to get the same effect as moving the joystick. <laughs> Apple was big because they had the gradiated one. Ooh. That was like a huge deal when, when, when Apple launched that. But, uh, although we shouldn't spend too long talking video oh, games. All right, all right. <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, a couple weeks ago or something. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, we got some feedback on. If you uh, check Ooh. out episode 26... Uh, we go through a collection of ideas about uh, what kind of board games you play if you're not going to play D&D. And we got some comments on YouTube all that right. I'm just going to do a quick shout out to at the top of the hour, uh, which was um, I never the, the gentleman posted that he never gets bored with D&D. So he has no need of board games. And if somebody doesn't show up, you go to the DM's guide, Random Dungeon Maker. Mm-hmm. And you do that. Which I'm like, hey. More power to you if that's your champion. It even got me thinking about the, how it might be kind of fun to do like a Thursday night Monster of the Week D&D stream. Right. Like everyone show up with an X level character. I'm going to go find an XCR monster and then yeah. we'll see if you can kill it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 40 by 40 rooms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, has to be the right people though because that's the kind of thing that can be, be a little dry. Yeah. But... Yeah. But those are those are fun. Um, this week, on topic, kids and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I see this a lot. I've seen it a couple times on the Twitter. I see it a lot more in my the Facebook group I'm on for Dungeons and Dads. Um, and it's a lot of hey, I'm a dad. My kid just turned three. Can we start playing D and D? One guy pointed out that he saw that his six month old was able to pick up a D twenty. Mm. That meant he could roll initiative, and it was time to start playing Dungeons and Dragons. There are there are baby <laughs> pictures of my oldest in her like rocker swing at the table with the rest of us. You know, we're all playing D anD D, and then we bought her big dice, yep. so she couldn't she couldn't gomp them, but she could definitely bang them on the tray, and that lasted about three minutes. And it was like, <laughs> yep, yeah, okay, That's yes, a soft soft toys soft toys soft toys <laughs> well they have those foam ones mm-hmm. you get those mm-hmm. big foam d20s uh, uh as techie take notes you know i have no idea what you're talking about 
<laughs> and they're and they're cuddly. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll be honest here. I'll, I'm going to plug the plushy dice mm. because babies will cuddle anything. Hmm. And we have every once in a while, every year I get my Facebook memory of the night that I was putting Kaylee down. It's like, okay, here's your passy, here's your swaddle, here's mm. your sharky, go to sleep. <laughs> right. And she she's all wrapped up around this little great white shark great white shark stuffy she had. So we also have pictures of her cuddling up with a calculator. I uh I grew up in a very I grew up with a very manly man, uh father and i never had a stuffed animal until mm. i was in high school and i won a shark a stuffed animal shark at a county fair like throwing a ball or tossing rings or whatever and that that's the only only stuffed animal really that uh i had had owned until i don't know 10 years ago i think somebody got me a, a beanie baby rhino and those are, oh. I think those are the only two stuffed animals I've ever owned in my life. So I don't want to comment on the number of stuffed animals in storage boxes in the house. Oh, the, but between, oh, oh yeah. no, not we, from the kids, just from me and I, Mrs. Noir. From, from, from Tavern Sparrow alone. <laughs> we moved, we moved them, you know, we've been moving these, these same totes of stuffed animals for 30 years from, from her house that she grew up in to our apartments, to our storage, to here, to houses, to, to finally, their final resting place here in the tavern. Amen to that. <laughs> so, so just, just to kind of, let's talk pedigree for a second. My, hmm. the, the teen in the house is freshly turned 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the kitty kitty K, who many people who follow the stream have actually seen on stream with me, um, has just uh, this past January turned nine. So those are the ages that I'm I'm working with and have worked with as my own. Um, and then, well, I, I started DMing when I was in. When we both started as kids, right. so we've had a chance to be teens playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, as well as having the opportunity to work with other people's kids. Yeah, through various capacities. How um how how is the tavern stocked? I guess would be the question. Staff. So staff is a better way to put it. Uh, March one turned seventeen, and five days ago, uh, the other one turned fifteen. Wow. So, you know, happy birthday. You um, two teenagers and yep. tavern sparrow. Yep. God, my man. <laughs> and two cats, what is about to become three. Uh, a my uh, the youngest's uh, best friend has to. Yeah, it's a whole tragic story. Anyway, we won't tell the tragedy. Hit me up on uh, uh, Twitter if you want to hear that story. But the um, but the we're adopting their cat as a taking them in as if they are are uh they are part of our family we've always said this this other uh child is is part of our family uh and so now we're keeping the cat for them that you know that happens we've Mm -hmm. we we adopted a cat when our friend uh decided she needed to do a cross-country trip and relocate to seattle yep and then yeah. she came back two and a half years later and said, I'd like my cat back. And the cat looked at her, vomited on her shoes, and left. <laughs> we went, I don't think you're getting your cat back. <laughs> cat does not appear to be on board with this. 
we we have forgiven you for taking off on a half a day's notice and leaving us your cat. She, mm. on the other hand, mm, seems not. to be holding a grudge. Uh, so a friend of mine, his father, his father passed. He had to go back to India, mm. right? Mm-hmm. For the whole thing, so he gave us his cat. His cat died of feline u- uh, leukemia while he was in India taking care of his father. It was just, it was so, you know, broken heart, crushing. We were like, oh, we didn't do it. It wasn't us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, last all on pets, and then we should talk about D and D and kids. Sure, sure. Um, this is a, a an important safety tip and uh, suggestion from Lantern Noir presents. You can write into your will, and probably should, how you want your pets taken care of in the unfortunate event of your passing. If you do not, then it completely falls to your family to make those decisions after you're gone. Your lawyer can set funds from your estate aside for the care and well-being of those pets for a period of time. They can do it. They know how to do it. It shows that you love your pets when you prepare for them as well as the rest of your family. The more you That's know, amazing. Lantern yeah. more presents cares. <laughs> I need a star to go with the rainbow. Woo. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that. And the lawyer was like, oh, yeah, I guess we could write that in there. And then he's like, drilling up. Um, but things to think <laughs> about. Um, so I guess the first thing to think about with the, the kids is how old do you start playing a role-playing game versus start talking about versus just let's let's pretend and talk um so uh, for us here here at the tavern we um uh because we had the disparity between the ages we we started with a with a game that's a it's a free online game uh it's called dungeon squad and um I don't know if somebody actually publishes it now, but back then it was it was a free. It was just a couple pages, and we used to play. There would be two two other dads, me. There, both of them had boys uh, playing, and then my two girls. So it'd be four kids, two dads, and me DMing, and uh, that I want to say. M's was nine and uh Ara was seven. Okay. So um right right between where I started playing actual D D because I was like eight when, <laughs> when mm-hmm. I started playing D D. So um but yeah we started them with that 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 you know kind of taught them to dice and the basics of role play and stuff. So um, and the advice we give definitely like, like is, is, is pertinent to those different age ranges, because what you're going to do with a, with a, you know, seven, a couple of nine-year-olds and, and, you know, a, a five-year-old is way different than what you do with, you know, tens and twelves because, uh, Yes, absolutely. It's, well, because they're they're at a different place with their content. Mm-hmm. They're just you know they're they're just they have a different headspace for what's going on, and yeah. they can they can think in different terms. One thing I would kind of throw as we're talking about how ready kids are mm-hmm. for different aspects of Dungeons and Dragons and similar tabletop RPGs is to remember that everything we do at the tabletop RPG is still abstracted. 
mm-hmm. and it's still described. It's still metaphorical. Yeah. Um, you don't have to talk. But one thing I think we lose what we forget because of the D&D's roots in wargaming, hit points don't have to be wound points. Right. There, you can really just say that's a measure of how tired you are. Right. And when you run yep. out of hit points, you need to you need to sit down because you're tired. Right. You're worn out trying to fight the goblins or protect yourself from the goblins or outrun the goblins. Um, you're out of hit points. You need to sit down. And, and that's very... That's you'll see that on like My Little Pony episode, the idea of being yes. too tired from fighting or uh, from doing good deeds. Uh, the a good friend of of uh, indoors channel, uh, B Brace, he <laughs> has a game that's a superhero game that's uh, called uh, Power Outage, and we uh, did the first ever streamed game of it uh, on on indoors channel. And yeah, it's 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 more for kids. It's very punny and and stuff. And the it, it really, yeah, once you know your kids and your age group, like for instance, when we finished playing Dungeon Squad and uh, uh, Ara was maybe 10 ish. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was about 10. We switched over to fifth edition D and D and yeah, she was all about not killing, you know? So we uh-huh. kept saying that, that they, they got little X's over their eyes and swirled oh. off into the swirled off into the medical tent over here. And we used to draw on the battle map, a little medical tent. And <laughs> so then everybody would go to the medical tent when they, when they died. Cause she just didn't, that she wasn't ready for, you know, the, the bigger drama quite yet. Yeah. Well, and that and that varies a lot by kids. I think Kitty K, because she's grown up watching an older brother play video games Mm -hmm. and we we probably could have been better with both kids about going, (laughs) Man, that's kind of a more grown up game. You shouldn't see that. Um, I still remember playing The Witcher one Saturday and she came down with I was like on the couch playing on the iPad while I was playing. And, I was, and I'm like, this isn't so bad. You know, we're fighting demons. Mm-hmm. We're fighting demons. Oh, we're going to meet a pretty redhead girl. That'll be kind of fun. I, oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and, and to, thankfully she was looking down at that moment. So I, when I turned off the television, suddenly she's like, what did I miss? I'm like, I, I, I that'll find out later. Uh, um, but, <laughs> She she was kind of like thinking more in terms of some of that stuff because of that earlier exposure. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Ages where uh, the other one I did. If we talk about like straight up kids RPGs, we played Hero Kids mm. in our house for a while. I linked it in the chat, um, and I'll put these in our show notes on YouTube later. Um, yeah. Hero Kids is another one. It's it's not free. You do have to buy it, but it's mm. not. I think it's like twenty bucks on Drive Through RPG. Yeah. Um, and you get a couple of adventures and they're they're like designed to be the starter Dungeons and Dragons game. Like it's very yeah. much in that that direction of you're going to be like it gives you heroes like warlocks and rogues and brutes and knights. So it's nice. uh, it's very much lined up with D&D uh, as far as design goes. But then it's just super simplified down. The mechanics are uh abilities that you have good at you have dice for and everything is right. done with a six-sider mm. so like the one they have on here the knight has three dice for protection and one die for attacking 
and has mm. three boxes for injuries. Got it. And that's it. Like, you know, yeah. the monster rolls its attack, you roll your defense, the higher number, higher total wins. Yeah. Um the uh the um dungeon squad had basically you placed your dice the 20 wasn't used but the other dice were and you had one of each and so you got to decide if you wanted to be good at stealth or you know uh strength or mm-hmm. magic you know and you so you got to put your dice in and then you had two pieces of equipment or or attacks that you put the last two dice in Hmm. So you had like six dice and you would you would choose how you wanted to build your character and stuff. So you had some choices with that. Um, That was really cute. And then we took and I modified it to do. um, So we had a hundred plus of the superhero squad show uh, figures. So so I took dungeon squad and changed it up and created superhero squad for the tabletop. Yep. And so we used to build elaborate cities and, you know, the dads and the boys would all come over and I'm Hulk smash and you could break through the, you know, take blocks away for buildings being broken and the city would lay in ruins and, and such. Um, <laughs> one of the big things was we would play a a real game, you know, a, a codified game for about an hour or two, mm-hmm. you know, and then we, the dads would walk away, start barbecuing out in the driveway, holding, holding a beer or whatever, you know, shooting the stuff. And then the, the kids were just, uh, you know, allowed to go to the multiple, multiple shelves of miniatures and stuff and just play. So there would be times, you know, at the end of the night when, you know, the kids were, you know, falling asleep and the dads would like carry them to the car kind of thing. And and my my gaming table down here was just like every piece of castle and terrain and everything that I've ever built or had, you know, just piled. So it was always so fun to just watch them play you know, and stuff. So, yeah. Well, and that's a caution I've often thrown out to people when they're like, oh, I want to get my kid into this. How soon is too soon? Um, is that balancing act between, because really Dungeons and Dragons at its heart is make-believe. Mm-hmm. We're all going to sit around, we're going to pretend, and we're going to talk about what we're pretending. It just has a lot of rules attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this, like, how ready are your, where are your kids at with, the codification of things. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, I think the sooner you can expose them, the better, because I think there are a lot of good skills that come with it. So games that are good. I mean, if you want to start with a, a, a starter game, a kid's game, it really doesn't matter which one you pick because it's that sitting around the table, you have a little sheet with, with a bio on it. Um, and even like you could even start not having a, a rule system. Right. Write down some things about your character. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yep. Now let's, what do you think is going to happen if this happens? All right. So tell me what you think happens and get into that describing what the character is doing, mm-hmm. you know, describing the scene around them and even little things like introducing the concept of the dice as the, do you think you made it? I don't know. And, you well, know, let's, let's roll a die. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's let the dice decide. Uh, is is really what D and D is at its core, 
and then you can kind of go from there. Uh, Kitty K was, I think, seven the first time she played D&D at the table as D&D. Mm. Now, that was also fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And then we had created, I had foolishly, I think, in hindsight, created like easy guides. Yeah. On your turn, here's what you can do. Pick something. Mm. And in hindsight, what I really should have done is just kept all that stuff to myself because we had we had the seven-year-old and we had the the 71-year-old at the table. <laughs> what I should have just said is, tell me what you think happens, what you mm-hmm. want to try to do. And then I just look at their character sheet and go, okay, go ahead and roll that D20. Yeah, the big mm. one. What'd you get? Okay. Here's what happens. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I and do all the mechanics behind the table because I think if you know the game mechanic you want to use, you can still keep the story going. Right. And you can ease them into learning how the mechanics work. Yeah. Um Aseki raised the idea of teaching uh his niece, who's mm. eight, how to play. Um, so before we talk about D and D with, with littler kids as D and D, I do want to talk about other people's kids. Okay. Um, have you had that experience of, of having other people's kids at your table and, and stuff? Yeah. The, the two dads and the two boys and, um, (laughs) the, the differences in the two parenting styles of those two boys was very different (laughs) and it was one of the things that eventually um eventually when we were playing with the oldest boy separately in uh pathfinder society it it became too too stressful for me to to keep playing in that group because the the dad would just tear into the sun and it just was the way too much for me and I'm not his parent and I'm not, you know, it's not my place and all this. And I'm just like, this is not a table I, I want to be at anymore. So it, it really uh, affected things, but you know, um, other people's kids always, uh, I always just tried to be, uh, I would s- the language, for instance, is, well, that's not the way we play here. When we get angry, we don't throw things. We don't, you know, and I would just lay down some very basic, like you would if ever anybody's kids were at your house, you know. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, but if you can't play by the nice rules, you can't come next time we play D&D, you know, <laughs> or Dungeon Squad or whatever. Right. And, and so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, permission permission's a no brainer, right? There's a stucky pops yeah. in there. Asper, obviously, you do that, but I think there's something too with understanding what everyone, how everyone defines their terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because when when Xander was, or yeah, when our teen was in there, um, was around tennis. Mm-hmm. We were playing uh, hero kids. We just introduced him to it. So I think it was nine. Yeah. Um, and he had a neighbor boy that he played with a lot that was a year younger. Mm. And I said, you know, this would be kind of might be fun to have your to have your friend play with us. Right. And they had played board games together. They yeah. actually had they had taken out and together they had gotten through a game of uh, Mad Cas- Castles of Mad King Ludwig. No. <laughs> For the most part, they had successfully navigated it nice. with a little bit of like, you know, dad leaning over. And going, OK, so here's what happens next. You guys have to decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once I did that like three times, they were like, Phew. Got it. Um, and I, I texted the mom and said, you know, we might be playing a D&D like kids game. Do you think, you know, your son will be okay with that? And she went, no, thank you. 
Mm. And I went, okay, no problem. We won't do that. And yep. I was looking at the D&D adventure board games at the time. Right. As right. well, um, which the teen had played with me mm. um, up to that point. But I think part of that too was, what does that mean? And yeah. so having that conversation about like, what's what, when you say we're going to play some D&D or a D&D like game, well, what does that mean? And right. being sure you're t- being sure you know what you're hoping to see happen at the table, and you're yeah. communicating that. Right, right. Particularly if you're communicating with, I see. <laughs> I, I never had. Uh, it's the devil's board game in chat. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and I was chased as a nine year old. I was chased out of a friend's house for playing D anD D, but that was the eighties. So, um, but I mean, she was screaming i'm you're a little monster how dare you bring that into my home and and physically chased me from their home um you know but that was like height of satanic panic yeah um <laughs> which which is interesting because i think games like hero kids you could probably mm-hmm. put in front of somebody and say we're going to play the storytelling game right and exactly. and you get a lot more bang for you for your buck um as you're planning it uh, so there's that side of it too. Is when you're thinking about the ages, anything what's age appropriate. Kids also, on brooms, kids on bikes. Yes, you know. Well, the kids on bike system, I think, is it is. I can't wait to start running some games of it on stream because I I mm. think it's under it's it's not as well known as it should be for how groundbreaking it is. Right, right. Uh, because it is as mature as the players choose to make it. Yeah truth and it is as complicated as the players choose to i mean it's entirely up to the table yeah to decide because the rules are so streamlined yeah. and elegant and even things like you know the rolling a d8 versus a d4 <laughs> you know that makes you know yeah you're you're more likely to roll high with a d8 than a d4 but it's meant to represent the well let's just toss a die and see what happens right you know and a d20 yeah, yeah, you can get up to a 20, but half the time you're going to roll 10 or lower. <laughs> so half the time you're right where that dude with the D10 lands. Right. So, exactly. you know, it's not that great. <laughs> um, and so it's it's a great game in that vein of we want to do a storytelling game. Right. We want to talk about a story. Here are some basic mechanics to get us going. And we can then kind of expose people to the idea of that shared experience with your character sheet in front of you that you read off of. Uh, I kind of think as soon as kids can start to read, you can start to put character sheets in front of them. Yep. As soon as they can do math, you can start to put dice in front of them. Uh, Yeah. And, and I think that's really, um, really the, the, the limitation to that and like i said a lot of times you know particularly like pre-covid you you could put one bowl in the middle of the table with some felt in it like a big bowl um i have a big wooden salad bowl that is is yay big like a dice tray Uh and then they they would always be standing anyway they'd never be sitting so they would huck the dice (laughs) so if you had a tray it would just skid off and fly into the the other of the tavern. So yep. we had a bowl and it would r- rattle around real nice and, and stuff. And everybody would watch the, the rolls. So it was, it was very controlled. And um, 
one of the things that uh, I didn't have space for on Twitter was uh, maybe not even give them character sheets. Hmm. Just explain to them who they are or whatever or ask them who they are. Uh-huh. And then and then they throw dice and you do all the math at first. You know, well, And that, for me, so. looks back to the power of Hero Forge. Yeah. As one of the best tools for helping people brainstorm is you put a kid in front of that. Anyone who's used an iPad mm-hmm. has the technical wherewithal to click and build something. <laughs> and yeah. then you can look at, well, that's what with Kitty K, that's how she started off as a tiefling warlock. Mm. Is why I looked at what she made and I went, well, there you go. That's a tiefling warlock. No doubt in same. my mind. Yeah. Same for Anna. She, she's got, 20 or 30 characters that she started just by putting bits together and coming up with characters. Uh-huh. And then we take the hero forge model and we try to like, okay, what's your story for this? Oh, well let's give them two levels of wizard then so that they yep. can get this spell. And so it's a, an exercise and, and fun for, for both of us to kind of create these, you know, she creates them and then I just put the numbers to it or suggest how to put the numbers uh-huh. to it. And with D&D Beyond, it's never been easier for her. Uh, to... Yeah, I, I, I don't want to, like, I can't plug them enough. I, we, we should at least have them pay our bar bill Yeah, uh, for Once how often we talk about the convenience of using them. Well, even things like, you know, I'm, I'm running this game on Saturday, and I, someone needed a pre-gen because they weren't comfortable making their own. And, you know, it's a one-shot. It'd be easier <laughs> if you just make up a character for me to play, whatever. Yep. And I, like, while I'm waiting to see the doctor, yeah, I put together a half-lane fighter. <laughs> like here you go i'm going to introduce you to robin half keg former brewer turned warrior yes now they tried to call her half pint and she knocked mm. their teeth out <laughs> so so she's half keg right that's awesome you know they, she's been upgraded she's still only half and she's okay with that she's proud of her halfling heritage right but uh yeah don't call her half pint doesn't end well um so yeah it, it's it's so easy i actually am going to kind of push to the other direction and think there, there's a value if you do it right to put the character sheet in front of the kid, but then have a coach there to say, don't worry about anything on this if, unless you want to. Right. But that way they, ha- they can look at it from time to time and they can start to hear the words you're using mm. and start asking what words those are on the page. Yeah. And as they get more proficient with reading, they get, because you know, theoretically by you know third grade, they should be pretty proficient with most major words. Right. Um, or gain there, they can sound them out at least. They're starting to make that reading connection, and then they can start to make the math connection on their own, and it becomes that they... It's the same philosophy used in education, where you put the lowest achieving students in the room anyways, because they're going to learn just by being present. Mm. They're, they might not learn at the level of the high achieving student, but we don't want to separate them out because they at least are exposed to it. Right, right, And right. eventually they start to, the more they hear the words, the more they start to think what the words mean. They internalize it pretty soon. They can use the words and they might move up a stage into the moderately performing student. So. That's most. Well, it just, just by having kids, you, it's so funny to see the, the first one and then, the second one, you're like, you're two. You shouldn't say words like magenta and mannequin, you know, because <laughs> they because they absorb so much from the from the older one, you know. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, and that's a, that's the thing about having kids too. Is the second one always hits bench almost always, almost always yep. hits benchmarks faster. 
Yep. Because they're trying to keep up with the older sibling. Yep. Uh, and yeah. so things like, again, and let's be honest, being able to play Dungeons and Dragons at the table with the family is a benchmark. Mm-hmm. And and you're probably going to find younger kids in a family are going to be the ones that are like, I can still handle this. You're only six. I can still handle this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think there is something to that that exposure piece of, you know, balancing how much you hide it and just let them talk and how much you show them but say but don't look at it for what you want to do right if you want we can show you where on this sheet dad's getting the numbers from right but for now just tell us what you want to do tell us what you think your character would do in this situation and get them storytelling what's really great about that is that's kind of how you do it with big people too <laughs> for well, the most part yeah yeah you know okay just don't don't even you know you got all that just don't even worry about it let's just let's just focus on what would you do what are you doing what's next you know you say and then we'll kibitz like like you were saying with the the bow and two arrows and i want to you know i want to shoot shoot two different targets all at once mm-hmm. Yeah. In about three levels. Yeah. You see, you know, someday you'll be that strong, but for now you're still just a, you're still just a, a learning. You're like a, you're like a third grader monk and that's like a fifth grader monk. Yeah. Twang. <laughs> of course you have a bow handy. Um, the other one too, that I kind of want to put out there. I'll see what you think about this is don't acquiesce too fast when the kids say they're done. Mm. my what i've learned over the years is sometimes my kids at least are likely to think they're getting bored and leave Mm. or ask to leave and i would almost see that as a good excuse to go let's figure out why they're starting to act bored and Mm -hmm. or they're saying they're bored and like we'll just sit at the table for five more minutes and then whoever's running the game has five minutes to figure out why that one's thinking they're bored and yeah. if they really are like, I really am done, that's one thing. But I think, at least with my kids, and maybe I'll play the, you know, kids these days, mm. uh, don't seem to have as much tenacity for the things that are not immediately thrilling. Yeah, well, and, you know, yeah, hate, hate to be the old man in the room, but... But I we mean, are. But we are. <laughs> and And... You know, there's a reason that that, you know, three hours of D&D has kind of become the standard, you know, even in a not streamed mm-hmm. home game. If you go five hours that I that that's a that's a game. That's that's a that's a good chunk of game, you know. Um, and again, it's because short attention span theater you know it's it's our our brains now we have so much going on and so many other inputs to to deal with and stuff that i think that a lot of people just kind of get short-circuited after after a couple three hours you know um the the big thing is uh, what i learned with the with the uh, dungeon squad crew was three encounters Make one of them, doesn't matter which, one of them like a social or environmental, and the other two combat. Because we had, we had, you know, and I'm, I'm going to 
be a tweak sexist, but in this case, the boys really, you know, if there wasn't, you know, swords and hammers and things to hack and slash, they did get a little bored. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I think that uh, the one I used to do was, well, let's finish this scene. Or I would say, you know, something like, if I could tell, I would be like, how about we take a bath bathroom break? Yes. Everybody, go take five. Let's go, you know, go to the bathrooms and everybody chill and get new drinks and get some snacks, you know, and then come back at it. And then if they were at that point, if they were, oh, I want to go, I want to go play Xbox or Castle Crashers or whatever it was, the one they were always hooked on, then that was fine, you know. Like, go ahead. Game's over for today. And um, We really did really well at finishing all the adventures, though, um, because the youngest at the time always wanted to keep up with the big kids. And we had at least one of the big kids and one of the middle ones who always wanted to finish the adventure. They, they really always wanted they, they were goal oriented individuals and they wanted you know um also too my games were always very prop driven um so like in uh they had the one where they were finding pots of gold and they were you know going with this a leprechaun and they were chasing him and he was the final enemy and the pots of gold would have little chocolates in them so then as they would get, well, we got another pot of gold and they'd pour out the little gold coins and they'd divvy them up, you know, amongst themselves and gomp, gomp, gomp. And then, you know, so uh, the tricks of the trade when you're dealing with kids, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's like, I was going to kind of piggyback on that. I, I was never big on really, I mean, if you've ever watched me stream, I'm not, I do a lot of like, we'll just sketch it on the jam board. I don't do battle maps well. I don't, I never really got into the measuring with miniatures. Uh, but I will say something. I did pick up the a Dwarven Forge mini set. It's a knockoff. It's an actual Dwarven Forge. It's a three, they're it's a 3D print company that makes them for like a third of the price. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but it has def I, I definitely noticed a difference when there's the manipulatives in mm -hmm. front of them to move around and go, okay, I'm going to go here. I want to be here. It yeah. adds something that even if you just do um, cardboard standups, right. It's better, that, especially with the younger kids, because it's something tangible right? that they, it hits on. And again, this is another teacher trick. You've got your, and I don't, I, maybe this isn't true anymore. Cause remember somewhere reading, it's not true, but we used mm. to believe there were auditory learners, visual learners, uh, kinesthetic learners and so the idea was you wanted to have as much different things happening oh. you want the kids to be seeing it you want the kids to be hearing it you want the kids to be inter physically interacting with it so that yeah. the student who learns about again I think this has changed but at the right. time the, the wisdom was some students really learn well by hearing instructions mm -hmm. and some learn better by reading the instructions quietly to themselves so you have to provide both pathways. Right. Um, and the same thing, I think, with, with kids at the table is that idea of some kids are really going to like physically getting their hands on something and going, okay, mm -hmm. here's me. Here's the monster. Mm -hmm. Here's the door we're trying to protect. 
<laughs> and so if you can give them those visuals, mine, I'm surprised, I forgot nobody has heard of these anymore, is, is Shrinky Dinks. Right. <laughs> and that's another one of those fun activities of like, okay, here's a sheet. Uh, draw on it with these colored pencils. Draw a picture of who of your of your person in the story. We're gonna yeah. bake them. Yeah, they'll shrink down while we have lunch. When they're cool, we'll put them on the little standees. Yeah, and then you can run them around. And oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, and I know I know there's a way to make them with modern stuff. Things of yeah, you know, there I think I don't think they were silicon sheets. But they were like it. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, remember, but they were awesome. They they were all kinds of fun. But uh, a quick Google search shows me that, yes, there is shrink plastic sheets on Amazon. You can get 165 sheets for 12 bucks. No, <laughs> no, no, sorry. That's 165 pieces. It's 20 sheets. Mm. And then it comes with a little like keychain. You don't need the keychain, so skip that. Just get the yeah. 18, 18 sheets for six bucks. Yeah. They, well, and I know for a while, and I've probably got some of them down here, um, for a while, pathfinder would put out these huge you know like 10 pound boxes of punch out cardboard you know mm -hmm. miniatures and and you know you could have a billion of them and i know i can't remember what box they're in right now but i know that i have like gallon baggies of there used to be a DD &D battle system and and i know i have gallon baggies of chits i mean just you know everything from dragons and horses to the teeny little chits for halflings and kobolds you know and um we used to do whole whole army battles in college like clear out the middle of a room and you know put tape down for walls and mm -hmm. you know here 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 gives a big handful of chits that's your army okay let's go <laughs> But it's that it's that tactical thing. Mm -hmm. Anytime you can come up with something physical, yeah. it adds another layer. Uh, Arguments attention span is yeah. Well, and that that gets into the other side. And in the second hand chat, we've kind of been bouncing around a little bit on um, movies running three hours versus mm -hmm. going longer. And I I do think there's a there's a there's a balancing act. I think three hours of observing something happening is brutal. Mm -hmm. Three hours of interaction, on the other hand, is doable. Right. But it has to be the right kind of interaction. So the neat thing, I think, about teaching kids about D&D &D and other tabletop RPGs is you're not really playing one game. Mm -hmm. You're playing lots of different games. And the critical key then for whoever's in charge is to keep changing games <laughs> to keep the attention span up so that for a while you're playing the can we guess what the evil overlord is thinking game yeah. then you're playing the can we the board game can we outmaneuver the minions game yeah then you're playing the can we brainstorm the best kind of tent in the forest game mm -hmm. everyone's going to design their own for their own tent based on what their character would design and then figure out how yeah. to roll to see who can build it. Right. Um, you can, you can actually probably get more time, but that requires you thinking in terms of, I need to plan a bunch of different activities as yeah. part of my D and D game. And that's why for the younger kids, I was always like three encounters Yep. and make one of those three, either a social or an environmental two, because I knew the kids, 
two combats and one social or environmental, depending on what story I was trying to tell. Cause I had to keep the dads interested also, yep. you know, cause if they got bored, then, then it was kind of over, um, you know, yeah. When, would, once the first dad says, so. I'm going to go check the grill. Mm-hmm. That was yep. kind of the end of the afternoon. Yep. We're, mo- yep. we're moving on to something else now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, any other, let me think some of my, um, I think I hit on the three or four that I was able to put in the, the tweet this morning. Um, I yeah. Double I, check your tweet. Yeah. Definitely know your audience, mm. uh, know your players, have your spe- session zero, but with kids either have that session zero to figure out what they want or, make their characters for them so that they, that you don't have that, you know, if you spend an hour making characters, they, you're going to lose someone because one of the kids is going to rip through and be like fighter, blah, 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 big sword go. And Mm -hmm. someone's going to be like, Oh, all of these spells, which spells shall I have, you know? And, yeah, and so someone will be bored and want to use their axe by the time, you know, someone chooses magic missile. Um. <laughs> Indeed. Well, welcome, Spaghetti. Glad to have you as part of our family. We're actually, like, winding down our conversation today um, as part of this. Um, we This is our the podcast for Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. Um, I forgot to update the timers. But if you want to check out what we've said so far, the easiest way is to to snag us either on Apple or on Spotify. Uh, we're on everything, actually. Um, we're even on um, Overcast because uh, they grab everything. Um, but we're kind of moving out of this phase. Where we're talking about kids in D&D and sliding in to talk about, um, well, we've got, we've got some emails to get to. Mm. Um, so like my, my last thoughts, I think, on the kids are um, I do like the idea of talking to the kids about of that, give them everything without making them follow everything. Right. Like pretend they don't have the character sheet, but let them see it. Yeah. Um, and then rarely if ever tell kids no at the game table. Right. Um, yes. And yes. And <laughs> you're, you're, or, or if you have to, well, but what if, mm-hmm. cause sometimes, sometimes they can get a little bit, even the adults right, can get a little carried away with what is, appropriate for the game side of the role-playing game right but you can still get a lot of mileage out of um out of the but just let's let, tell me what you want to try to do yeah and then we'll figure out how likely you are to do it yes and no but how about <laughs> yes that that kind of a thing like let's let's stay within that that venue or the my personal favorite of of all things DMs ever say, although most of the time it's something horrific. Uh, <laughs> well, you're always welcome to try. Um, I guess my last kind of thought on this too is to mention, I did have the opportunity to work with teens that were not mine. Mm. And I will say that was an experience that was very different because I got to see, like at that stage, a lot of them had picked up their D&D habits. It was mm. very hard to break them of them. Ah. Uh, which was also somewhat like challenging. So things to think about if you're, if you're the adult working with teens, 
You're, yeah. You are going to be working with a different dynamic and you might have uh, a little more challenge with yeah. uh, explaining it with just the expectations, the session zero stuff. Uh, we had one young man who, who absolutely refused to plan at the table mm. because he had learned that the dungeon master's job is to find the holes in your plan. Oh, adversarial DMing. Yeah, oh. and, that was, and, and by by the time you got to fourteen and fifteen, mm -hmm. so you've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a couple of years with other adults. Mm. It it can be a hard habit to break. So you kind of kind of be aware of that. Where even even t young teens and mid teens might have already been locked into a certain mindset with with the way the game should go, and you have to yeah. work to break them of that. You have to kind of if you're going to not follow what they expect. Mm. Okay, how do we help? break them out of that thinking yeah give them some new options give them something different to think about so in the email bag we got an email <laughs> um let me see if i mean i had it pulled up and i lost it um it has to do with how to divorce yourself from a group old uh email dice bag go to the mail bag <laughs> um at some point, we'll have a really neat stinger audio for going to the, the mailbag. We're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we got an email uh, from yet another another R. Mm. Um, Ask Doctor D and D and the D and D relation. Doctor D and D the D and D relationship doctor. Um, let's see. Joined a D and D group. Have not enjoyed a session after four of them. He they describe the environment as intense, verbose, and dragging. Mm. Which okay, okay. So I'm picturing a lot of high energy conversation, mm -hmm. a lot of high energy debate, and mm -hmm. not a lot of action at the end of all. Like we are going to rigorously debate what we should do for 45 minutes. And we're yeah. all passionately going to defend our reason why we're going to do what we're going to do. At the end of the 45 minutes, we still haven't decided what we're going to do. Right. Cool. Uh, the other thing that I might take away from that is a lot of lore drop. Mm. Like someone wants another bit. Well, you know, I worked in the library of Candlekeep. Don't I have some extra detail upon that? Well, roll a history check. And then another half an hour of exposition that that then gets more heavily debated well that's a new clue and you know how do we although again my favorite game for that hate to deviate is there's a sherlock holmes rpg mm. where you roll dice to determine how many clues you get and then the second half you roll dice to ask the dm questions about the clues <laughs> and some of the clues are red herrings mm. so there's a, still a lot of like player like how do we suss this out but your dice yeah. make it easier without the dm just telling you here's anyway uh the dm is doing a good job setting the scene giving objectives the team isn't clicking i feel like i'm watching a movie instead of riding a roller coaster maybe i'm spoiled from previous experience that that can be a thing too is everybody has like a different thing they want out of D and D. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely possible that you, you may just be clicking with a different group and you were hoping this group would match that. And it doesn't, yeah. um, I will talk to the team, but I'm not sure what to recommend. I'm thinking about being more assertive question. Some of the boring stuff we're doing. 
So there's there's several ways to go about this. Also, it's and and a lot of the things we're going to talk about tie back into previous episodes and other things we've said. So, you know, definitely if you get an opportunity, go back and you'll get more bits and on further on these same kind of subjects in in you know uh ad nauseum um <laughs> in some cases yeah uh, but we, uh, should, we should we can summarize here in case you don't want to do the hour and a half with various side conversations exactly but, um so uh sometimes you just have to you have to fire your D D group i mean you know you just you just gotta you gotta you gotta bounce um and i would always say if if it's a friend group and you're meeting at a table or, you know, they're, they're close friends and good friends and you don't want to leave because of the friendship aspect of it, then you really do have to make your, your, your feelings and thoughts known. Um, if not, you can bring forward your thoughts and your set your boundaries or, you know, that kind of thing. But then if it's not, if it's not meeting your, it's not meeting your D and D needs. Move on, you know. <laughs> well, and that's yeah. I mean, they they end the email asking with the statement of here. Ultimately, if they're having fun as is, and I'm and I'm just not, then I'm not a good fit. I don't want to demand them to change to accommodate me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a balancing act because I think you can a D and D game can be a lot to a lot of people while it's difficult to be everything to everyone. So it's possible too, for things like, Hey, can we, can we put a timer on the non-combat encounters? Right. Like we all just kind of agree after 30 minutes, somebody's going to decide how to advance the story. Maybe we, we roll to see who has the highest charisma check. And that's the plan we follow. Yeah. Whatever that whatever that character says we should do. Yeah. And plus the neat thing is that will also then allow us for randomness while kind of favoring the high charisma characters. Mm. But it's still, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, most Christmas between eight and 17, that's a difference of plus four, right? But negative one to ne- yeah, negative yeah, one yeah. to plus three. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's a 20% swing mm. that's it yeah. that's not a 50 percent swing it's not an 80 percent swing it's the guy with the highest charisma will get a 20 percent higher value on average right which means on average with a d20 it, it it's pretty random still yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> you know they're not adding their proficiency bonuses they're not at you know they don't let them say persuasion checks Right, uh, because then right. it really gets gets scary. <laughs> Hello, um, the bard has decided once more what we will yeah, do. <laughs> but it does, it does, pl- it does kind of. It, it's thematic because it's it's mm-hmm. charisma. But and that's just like one option to put at the table, especially if it's a group that's really tied to to, to crunchy numbers. Because then it's when right. they can all kind of go. Well, we have to make a decision. It's been thirty minutes. I guess, yeah, let's let's roll to see what plan we follow. And then we follow the plan because we do have to keep the game moving. I yeah. especially think, too, if it is a group of people that you want to be with, it's better to talk to them before you bounce because you really don't want it. Because you don't want to lie and say you don't have time for the game anymore. Right. Because eventually it will come up that you had time. Mm. 
if you run out of time, it's perfectly reasonable as you prune your day mm-hmm. to prune the D&D game first. Yeah. That's reasonable, but then you're not lying about it. Like, yeah. I, I ran out of time in the day. Something had to go. I think it's D&D. The other twist, if you just quietly bow out without saying anything, and it comes up um, later that you were unhappy and didn't say anything, some feelings might get burned by that. Yeah. Like, why yep. didn't you tell us you weren't having fun? We could have. And maybe mm-hmm. you could say, I did tell you. Yeah. But you uh let's see, as Tacky says in chat, you don't want them to delay the game on your behalf. Now by that do you mean that you don't want them to delay the game because you want to have a talk with them? Or delay the game while you debate what to do or so because I think I think among friends, even more than among relative strangers on the internet, I would be well, let me put it this way. If I lost the second week of candle keep, if I had lost an hour to sake of argument, Tiffany raising a concern about me not being a good DM with a barbarian and mm. feel like I was letting the Genasis get away with too much. I'd probably be a little bit of a, this should have been an email. This should have been a discord conversation. Why are we doing this an hour into broadcast time slash yeah. game time? Yeah, yeah. Now that said, if Tiffany made that same concern now, four months later, where we've been really good friends, we've seen each other with our makeup off. We've turned off our green screens and sat basically just hung out in our living rooms with each other. <laughs> um, I'd be much more open to like, no, 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 we're not starting until Tiffany is square away. What what happened last week that's got you in a myth? Mm. We're gonna, you know, I'm game is delayed tonight. DM is yeah. DMing. Yeah. Um because that's that's the way it works with friends. Friends you're much yeah. more likely to say, Yeah, let's we're we're here to have fun together. Um I do think if you are going to bow out, it's like any other breakup. You want to be graceful about it. And it's mm-hmm. not about, you know, for God's sakes, don't you dare say it's not you. It's me. Yeah. Or, or, or play the blame game. You yeah. suck. And I hate playing with you. You know, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. The it's not you. It's me is actually usually, usually the sentiment you want to communicate, but you just don't use those words for it. <laughs> But that is the sentiment you're going for. It's like, this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. You're all great people. I love hanging out with you. And I think, too, especially if they're friend friends and mm-hmm. D&D is your primary meeting point right now, Yeah, pitch an alternative meeting point and get it on the schedule. Like, right. we play D&D every Wednesday night. I can't play with you anymore. I'm not feeling it. How about we do every other Saturday morning? Let's do coffee. Right. Let's zoom together Saturday morning, starting a week from Saturday. Let's put it on our calendars now. Right. And get it locked in. Because the other thing I know is an adult gaming. Once you say, I'll call you and we'll arrange it. <laughs> your children will have graduated college. Mm, yeah. And I say that knowing one of you still is like working on the first one. Yeah. Yep. So trust me on that. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, um, was there any other parts of that email that we didn't really hit? That's the bulk of it. Okay, good, good. Yeah, um, I really just communicate if you can, mm-hmm. and if it's just not going to work, I mean, that's 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 fine. It just didn't work. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think though, uh, you do want to talk a lot about you do want to talk to the group about what they're enjoying, 
mm-hmm. and what you're and bring what you're enjoying. I like when this happens. I love when this happens. And if you're looking back at it and you're going, there's nothing that happened that I liked. <laughs> then maybe maybe you shouldn't be so kind <clears throat> in your feedback because maybe that is something worth bringing up all by its onesome. Yeah. Is the hey, I didn't have fun. I still have yet to have fun. Right. Uh, that should be definitely to any DM worth their salt or any game group um, worth their salt. That should be a huge red flag. Yeah. Um, one thing that I that I will say mechanically mm-hmm. is uh, if you if you do do a, you know, an egg timer or like a, a sand dial kind of thing and you're like, Okay, guys, you're okay. You got this three minute sand, you know, hourglass to make your move. Yeah, that's that's all the planning time you have. It adds tension to the game, and it also it also ramps up the the you know the okay yeah yeah we got kibitz <laughs> okay yeah let's do that you know <laughs> people will acquiesce if they know they're on the timer you know. Oh, uh, so. yep. 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 Um, speaking of which too, I'm going back, um, like the rundown on ESPN. Exactly. Mm. Well, and that's one too. I'll admit I have not done a lot with my Sunday group. Um, because so far they haven't had a lot of pressed decisions. Mm. They've had time to, um, to, 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 you know, the th- to mull things over. The closest we got was, was last week, which I'll talk about the talk more in depth at the end, where it was, okay, do you ha- take a long rest or do you pursue them? Right. Um, and with Candlekeep, Candlekeep's a very lightweight game. So there hasn't also, again, not been that that big time crunch, but mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And, and it goes into, I'm going to be speaking, I'm actually running a workshop. I don't know why I'm running a workshop on storytelling. <laughs> Mm. And my the story style of storytelling I'm most familiar with is the moth format from NPR. Mm. Mm. And they talk about for a moth story slam, because moth is a part of the NPR network. They put on these productions. Mm. Um and they the 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 people they bring on the, the main stage, the big names that tell stories, uh, mm-hmm. have unlimited time to tell their story. They get they tell their story because mm. they're you know, actors or and professional comedians and yada, yada, yada. As you're working your way through as someone that wants to be part of it, they do, they send you to what's called a story slam mm. and you get four minutes right, to tell your story. Mm. And that is not a lot of time. Like you, right. you, you think, oh, four minutes, that's, that's a chunk of time I can tell. And you realize after you're like your first rehearsal, you're still laying out the, you know, <laughs> what was going on in the world at the time of your story. And mm-hmm. you're about to start telling the story proper. And you're like, holy crap, I'm two minutes in. <laughs> I haven't actually gotten to the story yet. I'm just telling you who my girlfriend was at the time because, you know, she she factors into my decision making. And you really start to, like, hone in on how do I get to the big ideas quickly? Um, but yeah, like on ESPN with timers on the topics, I think there's a lot of value in that. And there's, you can even go crazy with the meta game. Uh, if you want to clip this or come back to it later with a highlighter or whatever, is the idea too of like, if you have a high end, you can make an intelligence check to double yeah. the timer. Ah, 
Yeah. Because you're in te- you're, you have a high intelligence. You're used to thinking quickly, right. which means we can accommodate that by giving you more time to think. <laughs> you can you can make a wisdom check to stop the timer and ask the dungeon master a yes or no question. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can make you can be like you're saying a meta game out of it or yeah. or the the initial timer is everyone's intelligence bonuses. Oh, barbarian neg 2, huh? That hurts Ooh. the party. Yeah, that's 2 minutes off that's 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 the situation. And um. it mechanically works though because if you have to keep re-explaining things mm-hmm. and that not that I mean, let's be honest, everyone is awesome in their own way, but any team that you have to explain something a couple of times because one person isn't as proficient in whatever we're talking about or doesn't process at the same rate is yeah. going to spend more time on it. Yeah. That's just the way it works. It's, it's why teachers often give different timelines for assignments based on where students are. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've done more talking about teaching than anything else today. But, but really and truly, I mean, <laughs> what is DMing? I mean, it it it, it is control. <laughs> That's what it's, it is. It's control. It's controlling a narrative yeah. in a in a group setting that really is you know it's leadership or teaching. They you know <laughs> they they overlap a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, between those so that's this is another thing to kind of think about as as you but you can come back to this this segment of today's stream. It'll be on YouTube later. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can like look at this meta game of of putting that timer there. And I can think of some groups that if we if you can write the rules or the DM can put yeah. down these are the rules. Yeah. Some players will go, okay, let's try it. Because mm-hmm. it's not just a we're going to go until so and so says she's fed up with our debate. Yeah, <laughs> I I hate to say, but I am one of those players. If I'm playing. A certain type of character, my Pendragon story is always the one I go back to. These guys who are used to playing D&D, we're playing Pendragon, it's not D&D, and they wanted to always come up with these elaborate plans, and as they were doing that, Sir Fergus from the north would just kind of go, don't anyone know how to hunt? <laughs> and, and then he would just like... There, we'll go into the woods. The dragons in the woods, they'll find us or we'll find them. You know, kind <laughs> you know, it just make me crazy. I hear you. So there's there's our thoughts on that. Hopefully you can take something away from that if you happen to catch this episode. Um and keep us posted. Let us know how it went. Let us know if you were able to find a positive uh outcome or if you had to fall back on maybe the old how about we just get together for Saturday morning coffee? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're also, I'm going back through our catalog. I would definitely uh, give a listen. If you haven't, uh, throw in your podcast collection, episode 10, running session zero. Mm. You might find some stuff in there worth sharing, or you can re- you can refer it to someone as an episode of ours to go back to and say, hey, you know, these guys had some interesting ideas about, you know, what we want out of a game that could be kind of a fun thing to look at to talk about Mm. what we we all expect from the game what we want how we're going to do this because a lot of times things like decision making process are good now that you know it might be a problem it's good for a second session zero topic Mm -hmm. like it might i can't imagine this would come up with a session zero at my table generally 
Right. But I do think if someone were to come to me and say, I'm kind of bored with our game. I'm thinking I might quit and let you guys just do your own thing. I'd say, okay, let's have another session zero mm-hmm. and, and talk about some ideas for how you're not bored. Yeah. So, so there's that. Yeah. How was your week, by the way? Let's get to our week in oh. gaming and what, what our week coming up. We're so, at that phase of the show. So it's, uh, I, I was at, uh, so we're in, we're in hiatus because of the holidays and stuff uh, from Thursday nights. Uh, but we will be heading into Thursday night will be our opening of Monster Noir using the City of Mists rule set. So this is episode one, good issue one, good time to jump in. That's Thursday. And that's indoor over adventures. Indie? Indoor, yeah, indoor adventures, 830 Eastern Standard Time. Um, so we'll be doing that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have anything cause I went to family camp this, uh, weekend. How and was I, family camp? It, it was, it was good. We played, uh, terraforming Mars. We played lockdown. We played. Yeah. We were playing uh, lockdown for 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. But the, <laughs> but a guy, a comedian wrote a, a card game, um, uh, about it. We played muffin time because and, of course and, he did. Yeah, and, and, you know, uh, we played a bunch of board game type stuff. So, which it's the first time in, you know, over a year that we sat across the table from anyone other than ourselves and played games. So it was, it was fantastic. And, and I, uh, I would say be safe still, but have fun. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of where we are, too, with a lot of things. Um, yeah. We're starting to starting to get together more and more with friends that have all been vaccinated and nope. um, are still behaving very well, mm-hmm. uh, but we are doing those get-togethers. So last Tuesday, we had our first family D&D game. That's right. We did. We started Waterdeep. Oh, not Waterdeep. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Waterdeep Dragon Heist was it. Mm. And they, they've had their fight in the Yawning Portal. And uh, Kitty K's character had no allies on her character sheet. Mm. So her mission for the night was to write down names mm. in the ally box. <laughs> that was her mission. She wanted to add allies. <laughs> and so when it's like, well, this guy wants to hire you to go find his lost friend. She's like, does that mean I count him as an ally? I said, it will if you find the friend. She's like, I'm in. <laughs> Do you want to get paid? Nope. I just want an ally. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> off you go. Um, I love it, and and I, I'm rather impressed with myself for my mm. ability to build the yawning portal with mm. the pieces I had yeah. from this set. Um, mm. The company is Ender Toys. Um, I strongly recommend it. They're on, they have their stuff for sale on Amazon, so you can if you're an Amazon Prime person, all free shipping. Nice. Um, and they run about a third the price of the Dwarven Forge stuff, but they come unpainted. Mm. That's probably why they run the price they do, um, yeah. but they're they're durable. They're solid. I actually didn't even clip them together. Mm. I just set them all down. I even skipped the clips. And as long as you're not like knocking the table around, it's right, all right. up just fine. We did that Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday night last week. We did the the pirate one shot game, which was a ton of fun. Mm. And Raven and Reluctant Hermit are coming back this Saturday. All right, for another one shot adventure uh, that I'm currently calling the Valley of Plenty. <laughs> Uh, and it'll make sense early on as to why it's called that. And it's, it's more mm. from an ironic point of view. Yeah. Um, or as, as one guy said, I, um, I said, it's, it's called Valley of Planting. He goes, Oh, it's going to have like, 
not that Valley of Plenty. Nah. Okay, let's just be clear here. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a darker version of that. Yeah. Um, and I got some confirmations for some players there. Uh, we are currently negotiating what's going to happen with our Wednesday night game. But um, that's because uh, the, the, the move to Sweden has not been as smooth as everyone had yeah, hoped. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. We're, we're still kind of negotiating that. And then sa- Saturday, Sunday, I'm very proud of this. I, I decided I didn't. Mm-hmm. Here was the dilemma I had. I want something different from Curse of Strahd as a super weapon. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, the you get a lightsaber mm-hmm. feels kind of like, I don't know. It feels weird. Right. So instead, I gave the the characters a wooden shaft, mm-hmm. but that's all decorated as a grip, and mm-hmm. whoever wields it gets the weapon that they need. Uh-huh. So when the ranger's fiddling with it, he gets these big bursts of light that pop out, and mm-hmm. let him let him draw up arrows of divine energy. Right. When the mage Go is Hank. holding it, mm-hmm. she gets a staff. The the fighter got the sword, and then the, the party paladin actually got a a small flaring sun at mm. the end of a glowing chain. Oh, so he nice. got a he had a flail. Yeah, the sun flail. The sun flail. And I'm like, <laughs> and then the best part is it got me out of well behind the the, the screen secret. Yeah. I don't have to figure out who's supposed to get the weapon. Right. I'm like the right, party right. can figure out how they want to dole this out. Because yep. it will attune to them, because all the weapon wants is to kill Strahd. It doesn't care what it looks like. Right. It wants revenge. Nope. So it's like, boom, done. Um, and I strongly, I, the Sun Flail, I still think is one of those, like, that will come up later. Mm. I want to do that. The idea that you take out the shaft, a ball, a sun forms on the tip, and then <laughs> once it's fully formed, drops on the chain. Mm-hmm. Like that, I would pay money for that animation, you know, just to watch that happen and go, okay, it's going to get real now, which is so much, I think, cooler than whoom, mm-hmm. uh, that the, the lightsaber effect gives you. So that was my Sunday night group. Uh, we finally got back together again. I think, I think we're on track to finish before um, the two players that are, are expecting their first baby have mm. to stop because of parenting. Right, right. I think we're going to actually get through there. And congratulations to Nebula and Esteki for that. Uh, Nebula announced on Friday that she is expecting, and they're expecting mm. a girl. Oh, um, nice. And I'm really excited for that for them because that is such a fun journey to be on. Yeah. Um, and you definitely come keep us posted because we have so we have all the ideas. <laughs> we we might even do a, you know, you know what we should do? Uh, we should do like a bachelor party episode where we just basically dole out par- dad advice for an hour. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, forget the dude. D&D for this this week. We got a guy that's going to have a kid. Yeah. We need to break him in quick. Yeah, baby boot camp, man. Amen baby to boot that. Camp. Um, I, I've got diapers and dolls around here somewhere. <laughs> I, that's what happens when one of your kids is a, as well. It could, be, it could be either, but when you have a girl, you're more likely to have diapers and dolls in the house. Just saying. So. I, I used to always say that my my house looked like orcish barbarian ba- or orcish ballerinas attacked my house because <laughs> there was, you know, dragons in the Barbie castle and yep. you know night knights over here, you yep. know, and the, yeah. So that's well, that's the product. I I. There was a day I still remember where my GI Joe set up a defensive perimeter around the Barbie Dream Home. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, complete with, you know, chevaux de frise and, and we had like a battle trench at one spot. We figured out where to <laughs> dig in the, the tank with all the missiles on the back of it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what you do. You'll do anything. Yeah. You'll do anything for an excuse to play with somebody. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> Well, if you're listening to the podcast, please, uh, before you take off, consider giving a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Helps other people find our show and become part of our family. Thank you for the download, and uh, we'll see you next week. Until uh, until that next uh, refresh on your podcast app, stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.